Good morning, NBCC. We are overjoyed to have you here with us this morning. If you're new with us this morning, we want to get to know you. So go ahead and text connect to the number on your screen so that we can get connected. Here at NBCC, we are a church that prays together, worships together, and serves together. If you want to get connected and involved with serving, go ahead and text serve to the number on your screen. We're going to move into a time of worship here this morning. So please join us as our worship leader, Mark, leads us in this awesome time.
There's a rain stream the heart is on the fire When rain and the walls are closing in When I look at the space between where it used to be in this memory See, I know I will never be alone In the fire Standing next to me Is this another in the wars Holding back the seas Should I ever be reminded Of how I've been saved There's a cross that bears my bird Another time for me Cause on my death there was a I know I will never be 
There's another in the waters holding back the sea. Should I ever be reminded that I've been set free? There's a cross to bear my burden. We another died for me. Even though the music has stopped, we do not have to stop in our time of worship. We want to continue to worship through giving. We've tried to make this as easy as possible for you, so you can either go to our mobile app or our website to give. We are super hungry for the word and totally excited to hear what Pastor Mike has to say. So let's head on over and jump in. Welcome to NBCC. I'm so glad that we get to be together around the word. Um, God has led me to a short series called Reboot. And I just felt like with 2021, um, we just need a restart. I, I, I think we would all agree with so much turmoil and strife and hatred and division, just all the chaos that's going on right now, it, it is the moment, the time, I believe, to just reboot our spiritual life. And this is an opportunity for us as believers and followers of Christ to really dig in and live for Jesus and be an example to the world. The world is in desperation right now. And you and I have an opportunity to step up to the plate and really live it. In fact, James chapter 2, we're going to be here uh, these next few moments in verses 17 to 19. James just really kind of lays it down and he says, look, if, if there's not evidence of your faith, if there's not some physical evidence of you having a transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life when you receive Jesus, um, there's something missing. And so there's nothing wrong with rebooting. You know, when we restart our computer, when we restart our laptop or phone, that reboot starts everything up again. And I really believe we need that. But this reboot means that we have to stop what we're doing and look at everything with a different perspective. And we have to be willing to change. Um, I, I, um, about 20 years ago, um, I was uh, purchasing a new stereo system. And as I was looking at different speakers and stuff, which I love, you know, really good sound. I love uh, music that just has that really crisp and clear, uh, the clarity of that sound. And so I went and bought these Boston acoustic speakers. These was like 20 years ago. And there were these, you know, tower speakers that had subs in it and everything. And I just, I love the sound that comes out of these things. I was really pleased with it. Well, it was just time for change. And so, um, you know, I, I sold these speakers to, to uh, a guy that was looking for, for, for these tower speakers. And at the moment that I actually released these things and sold them, there was like this, I don't know, it was just hard to give up the comfort that I had. I remember when I bought them. I remember the, uh, the moment when I bought those. And I just, man, these are my tower speakers, man. I don't want to give them up. But I'm, I'm, at that moment, I had to make a decision to get out of my comfort zone because I believed that God was going to give me something better, something new. And I think that's a spiritual kind of uh, place that we can often get stuck when we get in our comfort zone and we're not willing to give up something that we hold dear that we feel that's really comfortable, all the while knowing that God wants to do something great, but we've got to release what we have. And so um, with that, James chapter 2, verses 17 and 19, he gets right into it with the believers just laying it out so crystal clear that unless there's some evidence of our faith in Jesus, then all we're doing is having faith and we're just talking. And it requires us to get out of our comfort zone to be doers of the word. So, um, he says it right here, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. 
But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. So James is really getting right to it, saying, look, um, even the demons who rebelled against God, they believe they have faith in the scriptures and in God, but that's not saving faith. Saving faith means it comes from the heart, and it means that there should be some evidence of change. I think we would, we would agree with that. So that requires you and I to do a reboot, to do some restarting this year in 2021. Um, I want your home to look different. I want your life to look different. I want your school to look different. I, I want churches to look different. I want relationships to look different. And that requires us to go deeper, not so much in what we know, but in what we do, prompted by the Spirit. Here's a definition of what reboot is. The act of an instance of shutting down and restarting something, such as a computer or program. In a few cases, errors cause a headlong ex exit to DOS or the software ceases to operate, requiring a reboot. Man, I just feel like that's where we're at as a nation. There have been errors made. And the moment that I start pointing the finger at everyone else and stop looking at myself and starting with me, um, things start to go awry. So I would just ask us in these moments to really humble ourselves and, and, and allow our, ourselves to look at our own life first. And I, I just think that God wants to do something new, fresh. I think he wants to do something alive in the spirit where um, Christianity just explodes through our culture and people are meeting Jesus all over again and they're thinking differently about spirituality and they're thinking about church differently. And this requires for you and I, if we are followers of Christ, to be absolutely so focused on the mission that God gave us. And the mission is not just for his church, but it's personally for you and for me. And the mission is so crystal clear. In Matthew 28, Jesus made it so clear, verses 18 to 20. And we are simply about this. If you are a follower of Christ, this has to be your passion. That has to be the drive inside of you. This has to be what wakes you up in the morning, jumps out of bed and say, God, what are we going to do today? It's simply this, reaching people with the good news of Jesus Christ and simply making disciples who make disciples. What is it that gets our motor going? Is it, man, Lord, I can't wait for you to put someone in my life today that I'm going to be able to share, God, what you've done in my life and hopefully help somebody find Jesus for the first time. And then pouring my life into somebody else's life so that they can be a follower of Christ and they can go to the next level with God. And the question is this, if we're going to do a reboot, how do we then do this? I get the mission, okay? Bringing people to Christ and helping people to follow Jesus. The question is, how are we going to do that? And I think Jesus made it crystal clear. Being real, authentic, honest, open, and transparent with people who don't know Christ. And I think secondly is simply to love people right where they're at. To not have expectations, not expecting people to change, not thinking we have all the answers, but simply just loving people for free and loving people with a love that will never leave them. And I think third is this. Our, our, our simple vision is to be on mission. It, it's to be so crystal clear, focused on what God has purposed for you and I to do. So here's the challenge in the reboot. Am I being real and authentic with God and with others? Am I loving people for free? And simply, am I on mission? 
Am I so crystal clear focused like Jesus was to get to the cross, to train the 12 disciples, and to keep Christianity moving, knowing that God's goal is that he wanted everybody to come to faith in Jesus Christ. So there are six principles over this two-part series that I just look to the word again in the book of Acts, and I find it very simple of what the early believers were doing. What keeps the wheel moving so that we can be real, we can be loving, and we can stay on mission? I think that the early believers were about six things. They were about prayer. We looked at last week. They were about staying in the word of God. The word of God was dictating their life. And number three, they were in fellowship together. They had friendships together. They supported each other. There was true community, man. It wasn't just like Sunday morning. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Their lives intertwined with one another and they followed Jesus together, having that in common. Today, we're going to tackle the last three here, which is simply to adopt a life that's serving other people. And and number five is to share your faith story with someone. And number six is to just have a whole new perspective on when we corporately come together and we worship God. So let's take um, number four, Um, living a lifestyle that's simply serving others. I, I I just don't see any other way, and just so simply to put it, that Jesus' life was about serving. I think the greatest act that Jesus performed with his disciples when he was on earth is when he knelt down on his hands and feet and he washed the disciples' feet. That right there is the greatest act of humility. In that culture, that was the lowly of lowliest servants, was that they would literally wait at the door when someone would come in to a, 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 someone's home they would be the ones that would be on the floor washing the feet of those coming into that home. That was the lowest of servants. Think about this. The creator of the universe, God Almighty, humbles himself to wash the disciples' feet. But he doesn't just perform this act for them to see it. He says, now I want you to go and do likewise. So the posture for us who say we follow Jesus, it's not just to have faith in Jesus. It's not to know all the answers. It's not to see how much Bible knowledge we have. It's about putting the knowledge into practice. That means, man, I'm looking. I want you to be looking for somebody this week that I can purposely get out of the comfort zone. God is saying to me, Pastor Mike, I know you love the Boston Acoustic Tower speakers, but I'm going to give you something better if you'll step out and trust me and be willing to give up something that you hold dear to your heart. And I think for me, for a lot of us, it's probably the same for you if you're listening to this or watching this, is getting out of my comfort zone and, and serving somebody else. It, it, it costs us something. It costs us money. It costs us time. It costs us, you know, an inconvenience to serve somebody else in need. So we're going to look for somebody this week, right? We're going to look for someone. Hey, how can I serve you? What can I do? Or just performing an act of of kindness for somebody um, that might really need some help. I think the fifth thing here is we're working through these six principles of what keeps the wheel turning, what keeps us moving forward so that we can stay on point, we can stay on mission with God, and that is simply to share our faith story. Can I just stop here for a moment and say, I think I've noticed a wave over the last decade of we are relying on social media to tell the story of Jesus to others. We're waiting for somebody else. We're relying on the pastors and leaders and teachers and social media and Instagram and all these things to tell the faith story rather than 
just sharing our story personally, one-on-one -on -one with someone that we don't want them to be without God. And here's what I found true in my own life about this. This sometimes is really scary. If I can just be real and honest, I think sometimes people think, you know, pastors are just sharing their faith with everybody and we ought to be setting the example. But I will be honest with you, sometimes I get really timid. Sometimes I get afraid. I don't want to be rejected. I don't want, you know, human nature is to have somebody think I'm stupid or foolish or, you know, whatever. I, I just think that one of the best ways to do this is when we humble ourselves and we ask somebody about their story. Hey, where did you grow up? How did you get to where you're at in life? And we begin to ask them questions about their life story. Then it sets up an opportunity for us to share about our faith in Christ with someone who really might be in desperation and really might be in need of God. And they might not even know it. And your story, think about this, your story and how you came to Christ will connect with someone who desperately needs God. I just share with you that people, I believe, are in lack of hope. They're in desperation. There's depression. There's a lack of vision. People are in trouble. And, and we have been given the greatest message known to mankind. There's not a greater message than the good news of Jesus Christ. And he simply wants us to share that. So question is, how do we do that? I think first is we want to pray that God would give us an open door. We don't want to force it down anyone's throat. We don't want to be unkind or rude. Um, we want to wait for God to open up that door. And once he does give us that door that's open, it's simply following the example of the Apostle Paul, that he simply shared his life before he met the Lord. He simply shared his life as he accepted the Lord. And then he simply shared his life after he accepted Jesus and what God has done in his life and what he's doing. And I think taking the whole thing in context of being very real and authentic with people will help them to identify with their faith story. And then simply just asking them, hey, you know, would you like to accept Christ? Would you like to put your faith in Christ? Because I can help you do that. We can do that right now. And simply asking someone to pray and receive Christ right there. And I have been amazed at how I can start that conversation in fear. And yet the Holy Spirit steps in and he simply leads that moment. It's the most amazing thing. So I, wanna, I really want to challenge us. I really want to encourage you to share your faith story. I think the early believers, they were just doing that in the book of Acts. Man, they were sharing, Jesus is wonderful, man. He saved my life. I know I'm going to heaven. He's transforming. I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not what I should be. But man, I'm trying. And God, God's grace and God, God's love is awesome. It is absolutely life-changing. Okay, which leads to the last one, and this one I think is, is one of the most powerful things that God has asked us to do, and that is simply to engage in worshiping Him. What, what I love about the word, and oh, we'll just turn there if you have your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, um, verses 1 and 2. just want to read those two verses because I think it sets the tone for what true worship of God is. Um, he says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, because you've been touched with God's love and mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. We don't want to be like the world. We don't want to just do it because everyone else is doing it. We don't want to just fall into the stream of what everyone else is doing. 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Reboot the mind. Start over. Start fresh. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. He's saying, I want your mind to be changed. Um, this requires for us to stop and to restart how we're thinking. What, what lens are we looking at things through? How are we communicating to others? And I just believe at the centerpiece of all this, it all starts with worship. When we get out of ourselves and we worship God, that word worship really means worth-ship. That Jesus is worthy of our worship. Here's something to think about. We all worship someone or we all worship something. Why not completely step in and worship God full on all the way? Now, I know that we can worship God on the golf course. I, I get it. I know that, you know, we can worship God when we're out in the lake fishing by ourselves, when we're driving in the car, when what, whatever. We can worship God all the time. And that's what he says here in Romans 12. But I'm going to speak to these few moments about the power of corporate worship. When we come together and we worship God together, there's some type of supernatural power. The, the blessings come down and he begins to fill our life and he begins to do this transformative uh, process when we just get out of ourselves and we worship him. So, you know, Psalm 96.1 says this, Sing to the Lord a new song. Psalm 66.17 says, Give God praise. And then Psalm 150 says, Give God praise with instruments. So I, I think when we followed the prescription that God gave us, he knew that we needed to worship God because it gets us out of ourself. I'm amazed at how when I can go into a worship service and, and, and be so focused on my problems that seem so big, and the minute I open my mouth and engage my heart and sing these songs, not just a song service, I'm not just singing these songs because everyone else is singing them, I'm singing these songs to God because I love you so much because you have so much mercy on me that you saved my soul. I want to sing. Now, that may seem really weird. Why, why has God called us to sing to him? Of course, God created us. He knows us. And when we sing from the heart to him, there's something that happens on the inside. I'm not talking about just a casual worship service on Sunday morning. I'm talking about all the time worshiping God. But when we come together Sunday morning or Wednesday night or whatever venue it is, and we worship him, we're no longer enslaved to the things of the world. The illustration that I love that God gave us was in, in, in the nation of Israel. God did not call Israel to worship him so they could wander in confusion. He called them to worship him because he was their God and he wanted them to know him personally. So I don't know what's plaguing you right now. There might be some addiction, some problems, some habit, alcoholism, anger out of control, maybe mismanagement of money, maybe just tied up in adultery or tied up in something that's got a stronghold on you. I have found that worship can loosen those things. And, and so worship, I believe, flows out of us coming together and purposely worshiping God. And, and so um, the illustration that I think is best is when he called Israel simply to worship him. Man, there's something that happens. A new dimension is opened when we worship and sing to God. And here's the challenge I have for us as we wrap this up. Is we want to stay on mission. We want to stay focused in 2021. I will purpose, I want you to purpose to worship God 
in a completely new, different way. I don't know if there's any Trekkies out there who love Star Trek, but man, I love that thing. Beam me up, Scotty. I just felt, beam me up, Lord. Put me in a different dimension. Help me, God, to worship you. So when I'm looking down at my problems, I see them from your perspective, God, and not my perspective. You know, something I found that I didn't know before is that in the Holy of Holies, when God asked Israel to worship him in the temple, in the Holy of Holies, there's no chairs to sit down. I think because God was wanting their full attention, their full focus to be on God. And so I, I hope this has been encouraging for us to reboot and restart 2021. Serve somebody else this week. Share your faith story. And next time you come into a corporate worship with someone else worshiping Jesus, man, I, I just want to ask you to fully engage and fully get in. I um, want you to know we always have our services on Sunday morning, uh, outdoor services. We also have online, as you know, and, and we're just here at MVCC. If you need anything, uh, we are here for you. We're starting a new series next week called um, You Asked For It, and it's just simply taking the tough questions that some of us are asking and what does God say about it. So I hope you'll join us for that, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. 